0: James Lowe says he's feeling right at home in the Northern Hemisphere. Can the South African clubs say the same? And have they been good for the URC? It's time to start harping on rugby. The fan site covering all things to do with Leinster in Ireland since 2008. My name is Jeff Pagano and once again I've been joined by my fellow fans to harp on what's going on in the rugby sphere. This is the second of our preseason pods and we still know Leinster matches going on. We generally use this time of year to look at more general topics we don't get to cover over the course of a busy season. Last week we had a great chat about how Leinster is perceived outside the 12 counties. Why not check back one spot in our feed for the show called the ABL Narrative. But this week I have two more fellow Leinster fans on to help our discussion along, so let's get to introducing them, shall we? First up, coming to us from London, making his 16th appearance is Mr. Mark Jackson. Welcome back, sir.
1: Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me back, and uh, although I missed last week, uh, congratulations on the anniversary.
0: Well, thanks very much. Thank you. And um, from the great Rock of Gibraltar, here earning his 14th captain, Mr. Richard Mifsud. Greetings, sir.
2: Hi, guys. Good evening. And uh, yeah, I echo what uh, Mark just said. Uh, be late. Congratulations.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, it's been a, it's been, a, it's been, a, been a decent old run. Right, gents. Let's start with a feature that's uh, new to the pod, but it's actually one that's taken from our previous incarnation at uh, Harpen Rugby.net. It's called Front Five, where we looked at articles on topics from around the rugby sphere. Now, what I've done now is I picked five stories to put to, to put to our panel, um, there, there's things that are going on in the news outside of uh, the, the regular Leinster and Ireland stuff. So um, we're going to start with an, an article that's in um, the rte.ie website, and it's by Neil Tracy, and uh, the, the, the title is We'll Learn From Today, Greg McWilliams is Staying Positive. Um, and I'm going to, you know, put this to the two years, um, the, the, the Irish women um, has been playing a test series out in Japan. They won the first test uh, pretty convincingly, 57 to 22, but they sort of got brought back down to earth a bit um, yesterday morning. Um, they lost uh, 29-10 in the second test. And um, the, the, quote from the, the, the quote from the article says, ill-discipline allowed Japan territory in possession for large parts of the first half, as they built on a 12-5 lead before three more tries in the second half killed things off. I mean, overall, it was kind of ups and downs, but I think the experience was—it was good for the, the, the for women's rugby and that the test team in particular. Mark, what do you think?
1: Hundred percent. Results at the top end of the game are what usually matter, but the fact that we're not going to the World Cup and we're at the start of our cycle, maybe a few months ahead of other teams, we need to unearth a few players in certain positions, especially in that nine ten position as well. So. Very young squad going across it was great. They probably were under a little bit more pressure, and they learn more from losing a game like that at international than they went from playing. No disrespect to the AL games, but it's a massive step up for, for the girls that are are based at home. The girls that are based in England will probably be facing a higher standard, of rugby be out and um, in their club game. Um, but I am fully with Greg. He will learn. Uh, he, as the head coach and the coaching staff that he's brought in there. Including John Peke, sort of semi signing as such, the experience those girls will get not only from the results and the games themselves, but also for going on tour. Lots of them may not have been on a tour before. And it's how you build uh, team camaraderie. And Greg will have had time that he probably wouldn't have had if it was just a normal camp to see who fits into his schemes, see who fits into the skill sets, and can then go back to. Clubs, provinces, both in the UK and, and Ireland, where uh, he can work with the coaches and, and see what these girls need to work on for the next group of games, which will be the Six Nations. So, all in all, from the point of view of, of squad spirit and everything else like that, massive bonus. First week was a great comeback, from a slow start. Um, started uh, Ironically, started better this week uh, and then sort of let it slip. I haven't seen all the game. So the nuances that you see of momentum throughout the game, but yeah, discipline was an issue, and that's something that will be high on any coach's list to fix. I think that that's a uh, a great two three weeks together that they will look on, um, in time to come, as being massive.
0: Absolutely, and just one point on that. I mean, it was uh, the, the, it was great to see as again TG Carr coming in and covering the game. Um, it was a, it was good for the chance of the Irish fans maybe if there was one thing that we'd say is like, maybe they may could look to maybe lift the geo block for the game or something that, uh that Irish fans from outside the country as well can tune in and support. Because I think that's the, that's one of the reasons maybe the, the two of you in particular um, might not have been able to watch the game. Um, Rich, but like like Mark was saying about the tour, it's like we, we, a lot of times when, when our team loses a game, we don't like to, we, we kind of get sick of saying, Oh, but there were positive positives to bring forward. But, on this this tour in particular especially with all this the women's program has been through of the last year or so um this the, this whole experience would have
2: been invaluable for me all of this is it, it, it's all about context um and yeah you're right uh, you know because of the geo block i haven't been able to watch other than the highlights from the first match i haven't been able to watch anything uh which which is an absolute pain but uh, but hey uh, it is what it is um and you know I, i'll repeat this is all about context how, even if they lost both matches, it would still be a positive because it's all about learning. It, it's all about learning without the, the added pressure of, of, a, of a World Cup upcoming, uh, which, yeah, it, it's a negative, but it's also a positive because, it, it, you know, given the, the issue of the, um, of the lack of central contracts and everything else that, that's been going on behind the scenes, I, I think not qualifying is probably a good thing because it allows them to gel, it allows them to build, Uh, you know, let's not forget, in in the amateur season, or rather in the amateur era, they were a a pretty successful side. It's only that they've been overtaken by the, unsurprisingly, by the professional era, uh, and those teams that opted to invest in in the professional era overtook them. So, you know, and and, and that speaks volumes for, for what professionalism brings to the party. So I think that all in all, it's been, it's been an extremely uh, positive experience. They will have learned that uh, how to go on tour. They will have learned about the pressures that go on tour. They will have learned about, and I suspect this may have happened in the second match, the complacency of having 157 12 in the first one and thinking, well, we just turn up. Well, no, you don't, uh, because the opposition will learn from their mistakes and they will bite you back. And, and that can have happened. Uh, I'm sure the coaches tried to instill the opposite, but, you know, they're human beings and, and, and all these things matter. All these learnings matter. Uh, and it's as much, it's as important uh, as what happens on the field. Uh, you know, everything that happens off the field is equally important for them. Uh, their experiences of being away from home, their experiences of, of dealing with jet lag, their experiences of dealing with a very hostile, and I mean hostile, because it's a very damp, humid, hot um, uh, environment in 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 the pitch. You know all, all this stuff. You don't just learn these things. Um, you know, they, they, you know, you're not just born knowing these things. You have to learn them rather. So, so yeah. All, all in all, I I couldn't agree more with what uh, Greg McWilliams has said.
0: Yeah, definitely. It was, it was, and with all, like I say, all that's happening in the women's game at the moment. and They have a new head of procedures, at, and Jillian McDarby now actually exclusively uh, in charge of the whole program. Um, hopefully, like there, there, there'll be a good. Uh, Good things going forward. Uh, there'll be a new season, another Six Nations campaign. You know, we'll let the World Cup. The World Cup's going to come and go. We'll, we'll, they can watch that and just get them more motivated for the next one. And um, during the week, we're going to have an interview with them at Irish Women's, the, the the owner of that account um, online, and um, we're going to we're going to we're going to chat. Ch- chat a bit more about that okay right now we're going to push on with it see, see what other stories are out there in the rugby sphere and um, this next one i'm going to put to you mark it's um it was from karen kennedy in the 42.ie and it was basically he was at um one of leinster's training sessions they were bringing um bringing the team around the the the, the some of the counties uh, in the province uh, with training sessions just to spread the game around the province. And um, he had a little chat with James Lowe, it's a good article there, um, which the title was a little quote from James himself. Although I'm not from the province and I wasn't born here, I feel fully part of it. And I can kind of identify myself with that a little bit. But what, what, did, what did you make of that and the, the general atmosphere in the camp?
1: It's great to see the following the stories on Instagram on the, on the 12-county trip. And I think it was at Longford. 4G or had it recently where he got that interview on. Um, I'm just going to broaden it a little bit, not just from a Leinster point of view. I think Irish rugby in general has been a massive, um, massively encouraging place for foreign players or foreign-born players to come in. And I'm not even talking about guys that have been assimilated into a three-year or five-year system that have qualified for. You know, every province has multiple stories of guys settling in and being welcomed and really, taking full part you go back to the early days uh, when Munster were really successful you know Jim Williams uh Langford great players all bought into there and weren't just there for one or two years to pick up a wage yeah, they were there they bought into the culture very quickly the South African lads that have assimilated into Ulster you know you always hear about Ruben Keener wanting to go back and, and live in Belfast that area again and the work they've done there uh, both from their Christian faith point of view as well as their rugby they, they buy into that which is great, the Aki and Connaught, And then we've had numerous um, uh, with James Loving, the the latest one, you're talking about Brad Thorne, you're talking about Scott Fardy, talking about, well, maybe the the one mercenary for the year was Rocky Elson, but he did bring a certain edge that we needed at that time and took us probably over the hill. So there's a long list of players that Irish rugby has welcomed with open arms. Munster against CJ Sanders has gone gone back home last year who have bought into the culture, bought into the areas, and despite maybe having an Afrikaans accent or a Wellington accent or wherever they're from, they have uh, really contributed to Irish rugby. And I think Irish rugby has benefited massively from, from, from them coming.
0: Very good. Okay, Rich, we're gonna go over to yourself for the next story. There was a, this is a, we're recording on Sunday evening and um, there was a story just came, appeared from uh, Brendan Fanning overnight about an emerging Irish tour, which is meant to add a layer of depth um, they're going to go over to South Africa and play a few matches against the Griquas, the Pumas, and the Cheetahs uh, at the end of September, beginning of October. That's kind of eating into um, the provincial, the the the, the opening block of games in the URC. I mean, it could help, but it could it could take. For what, what did you make of the news?
2: <laughs> it's an interesting one. Uh, great idea, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're looking at increasing depth for the for the World Cup. I don't think your time is right. Um, and that, that's my only gripe about it. Um, so I think it's a brilliant idea. I, I'm not the only one who's been calling for a reinstatement of the Wolfhounds, uh, Island Day, whatever you want to call it, uh, to give those players, those fringe players, the an earlier opportunity to make it into the, into the senior side. So, you know, I applaud the idea. Uh, I'm not so sure that the timing is great. Um could this have happened in a lower tier, which is probably my preference, playing these players against lower tier teams during the same window as the November Internationals? Uh so playing the likes of Georgia, playing the likes of Spain, playing the likes of uh Romania, and playing these lads or, or why the, you know, uh and, and that has the twofold effect of, of obviously. Giving teams like Georgia Uruguay, Spain, etc., and or Portugal um, games against top tier opposition uh, because even though they're not may, may not be test players, they are fringe test players, um, and, and you know, or, or even Mari Blacks, uh, even uh, you know, emerging Springboks, that sort of stuff. So, as a concept, I'm wholeheartedly for it. I, I was I, I used to absolutely love watching what was then the Churchill Cup, uh, when he used to have the Wolfhounds and the, the Saxons and, and what have you. Um, I still absolutely love watching the under, and the under 20s because of the, the freedom with which they play and the, 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 uh, they, they bring this enthusiasm to, to the game. So it's, it's, it's extremely entertaining to watch as a fan. Um, so yeah, wholeheartedly support it. I just don't think that the timing is right.
0: Yeah, it's something we've always we have we definitely said we wanted. We want more games for these players, kind of on the fringes of the squad. We had the Maori All Blacks um, matches in the, in the recent tour, and that was great. But even that was an issue because we thought we didn't bring enough players. So it's almost like a it's almost like a careful what you wish for because you know the the, the, the calendar is so convoluted. And it's so difficult to find windows and t- places to put stuff. I saw one suggestion in our WhatsApp group, like, why couldn't they play this match at the same time in, instead of? Of course, you know this would raise a few heckles, but instead of that Munster game um, in in November, because that would have that would have been the time to play a match like that. But it's 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 always it's not easy to to keep a lot of plates in the air. And um, like you like you said yourself, they're trying to find matches for the Cheetahs in particular, and um, some some of the other South African clubs as well. So I guess it does take a lot of boxes. The from a Leinster point of view, I suppose if we're if if. If we're going to be missing these players. Usually, we're used to this block of season, well, block of the season being the time when the Kieran Frawlies and all these players um, get, their, get their game time. And you have a settled squad for like seven weeks in a row. But we're obviously not going to have that. But if we have some elite players maybe back as well with the timing of the start of the season, maybe that'll make up for it. I don't know. We'll just have to see. Is there all these links, by the way, to these articles you'll find in the program notes? And uh, that was from Brendan Fanning there in the Independence. Okay, next up, um, we're going back to you, Mark. And this is about sevens. Uh, just before we came on air, we were watching the quarterfinal from the la sevens um new zealand uh over kind of overpowered uh, the irish the irish men in the quarterfinal 29 to 14 they 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 struck with about three or four tries i think in the first half straight away and um there was kind of there, there was kind of no coming back after that but uh, i mean overall you look at the, the way the series has developed um uh, for, uh, from Ireland, since we joined it just a few years ago, we had to work our way up through the system. We got into the world group, and uh, we finished uh, sixth last year. Looks like we could, even with this result today, could still have another top six finish this year. It's overall been 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 good for the men's men setup.
1: Oh, massively! As we spoke briefly before, uh, a little reliant on the likes of Terry Kennedy and Conroy for his pace and stuff like that. So to, to develop this season as well it wasn't just to get a top six; it was to maybe expand that group from or maybe ten or twelve, maybe sixteen to eighteen, and I think they've they've done that in the majority. Um the, the beauty of the seventh circuit, I I would never have been a master sevens fan up to the last until Ireland actually got their got their finger and started pumping some money into it because you wanna have some buy in from from whoever you're supporting. It was it's all good watching all the flash from New Zealand and you know England dominated for a couple of years and Fiji are always there South Africa have put their hands but it's nice to see France, Ireland, you know Wales had a very good first half against Ireland in the first game and then the boys went on the way with it, which was nice to see. But you know, it, the more teams you develop, the more than the fifteens game at the moment where a lot of the top eight can be anybody, you're getting to that same place now in the sevens. Um Canada have always loved the sevens, USA because it's an Olympic sport, will always put money into sevens, and um, possibly more than the fifteen side. So it's been a really good Development year as well as successful season for the Irish
0: and uh, hopefully um, it won't be long before we might have a, a, a series leg like here in Dublin or in Ireland, somewhere in the country um, soon. You know, to for, for us to be able to go watch. And of course, let's not forget the the World Cup that's coming up uh, for men and women. Um, that's going to be exciting now in the next couple of weeks. And I, on Monday we'll be doing another pod. I'm going to be talking to Michelle Tobin who's actually travelling over to go see it. So we'll have a, we'll have a chat to her about that during the week. Uh, okay, and that's um, for our fifth and final. Article this week, um, Rich. If you go to yourself, and this is this is to do with um, the Rugby Championship, which we'll be talking a bit more about later on. We're we'll talking about South Africa, but this is to do with what happened um, to the All Blacks. Uh, this article is in from Liam Napier in the New Zealand Herald, and its the title is "Ian's Foster struggles for answers as All Blacks sink to a new low." That was uh, New Zealand eighteen, Argentina twenty five. Um, after their big win uh, in the second game in South Africa, it was like a kind of a. Reminder of, of of what they've been going through in recent times.
2: I think I should start this by saying Bamo Puma. Uh, you know, because Well with their coaching
0: setup, we're all Pumas at this stage. I think it's
2: <laughs> <at> this stage. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean to be honest, this is more about the Pumas than than the All Blacks for me. I've, I've watched some in, very interesting analysis today by Sam Lana on um, on Twitter um, as to the tactics that were being employed by uh, by the All Blacks and, uh, you know, watching it on telly is never the same as, as watching it live, as, as we all know, uh, because you get this condensed view and the, you know, the close-ups of the breakdown and all the rest of that nonsense that, that they try and sell as, as the best picture of the match. Anyway, but um, pretty much it was one-up runners trying to tire or trying to, uh, the, 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 the Argentinians, trying to get through the game line and yes, after fifteen or sixteen phases, trying to get it wide because apparently you're trying to condense and narrow the the defence, but that only works against a team that isn't fit enough. And clearly, the the Pumas' fitness was <laughs> up up to the up to the task, uh, and they just became, you know, they just didn't go anywhere. So you either get a turnover or they kick possession away. And for me, this was the Pumas' beating a very one-dimensional all-blacks team. I don't, I I really don't know what happened against, even though I watched the match, against the box. Either the box were worse than them, or the all-blacks were just smarting from that home defeat against the box, that uh, initial defeat against the box uh, the previous week, and they came out firing, and the box were a bit uh, a little complacent and, and got beaten by them but the fact of the matter is that they were very, very blunt in attack uh, they weren't that brilliant in defence and from the test matches against our boys the two matches against the box the match against uh, Argentina the other day um, if you remove Adi Savi and Bowden Barrett from that team, it is a seriously mediocre team. As it is, even with those two players, any of the top tier nations have a very good chance of beating them. They they just, you know, they they are not, I don't know whether it's because teams have lost or they've lost that aura of invincibility, which, you know, the top two inches do matter. uh, And you turn up against them and you think, you know, these are the All Blacks. But then when you start analysing how they're playing, how they're not performing, uh, you know, they are eminently beatable. And, you know, they've got Ian Foster there, they've got Joe Schmidt there. These are top coaches with what you would think are top players in a top team. But the fact of the matter is that they were I know the, the scoreline doesn't reflect it, but that seemed an awfully com- comfortable win for the Pumas, especially that second half performance. You know, they just, they, they just didn't produce anything in that second half field All Blacks. I think they're going to struggle. I really do think they're going to struggle. And, and this is what 15 months out from a World Cup
0: yeah no definitely and I mean as we've seen over recent weeks pretty much anyone can beat anyone now at this stage it seems I mean the the, the best point there I think is about um, that it's not just about the all blacks it's about you know when, when like they've had their success over the years and then when they start losing it's like oh it's a crisis what's wrong with them no what's been what's been good in the teams that are beating them like we we had our, we've had our results against them now and um, now we've got the Argentina beating them, South Africa beating them and we'll see how you know australia maybe they'll be feeling good about the blood this year you never mean literally anything's possible um the the, the, the way things are going okay that's well that was a good uh, that was a good start um so looking around what's going on in rugby around um the around the world and stuff but what we're going to do now is we're going to switch to our main topic of the week so let's 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 crack on with that <laughs> There has been South African involvement in the Celtic Magnus-Rabo-Guinness Pro-X United Championship since 2017, but with all due respect to the Cheetahs and Southern Kings, last season was the first that saw their top sides really join the Northern Hemisphere competition. With the Stormers winning the final against the Bulls, it's clear they have made an impact, and they now, of course, are also joining the Heineken Champions Cup. How has their addition affected the URC as a whole, and of course Leinster in particular? Starting with yourself, Mark.
1: Well, apart from costing us a title, I think it's been and will be beneficial for the Irish provinces and Leinster in particular. Uh, I was delighted to see them come in. Delighted to see them in the Heineken Cup. I know the English and French are not as uh, delighted as we might be. Uh, It's it's a higher standard of games week in week out. Um, The only the only issue I have at the moment with the South Africans is it's almost a mini version of the international game insofar as the start of the season we will have the advantage end of the season as we saw last year South Africa have, should have the perceived advantage of being forward or whatever else uh, for me overall they've brought a lot of colour brought a lot of entertainment South African rugby I saw a tweet today from rugby past who are obviously wind up merchants of the highest order so rugby. Uh, uh, South Africa is not boring rugby as they show a clip from the Stormers versus the Chiefs maybe 10 years ago. South African rugby isn't boring. The, the provinces they have, the, the franchises they have, play some really expansive stuff. Even the Blue Bulls are still a forward-dominated team, still have some serious gas out wide, got some real talent in the back line. So, so the, the provinces, South African provinces and South African clubs have run a lot in terms of how they play, but they still bring that high belt, six foot to eight, six foot 10 second rows, back rows, that bring a physicality to the game that, not trying to be cocky or arrogant, but four seasons Leinster haven't had to face that. You know, it's going to affect the Leinster squad setup in terms of how many games the guys that might be used to playing six or seven games like Green Rose or Sexton or Henshaw, they may have to play more, which isn't a bad thing necessarily for the guys that are under 37 years of age. it, 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 it's the trickle down effect for, for Ireland and Menster that I think is beneficial. Not only do we get a higher standard of opposition we can we get both the DRC and the behind Heineken coming up, but those guys that might have only been playing 20 minutes for their provinces against perceived weaker teams, Dragons, etc. I still think the benefit is, is to be seen in the AIL. I think the, the trickle down effect helps us massively. And just touching back on what, what uh, Richard said about um, the All Blacks, I think the All Blacks have only played against one another for the last season. You know They're missing that physicality, maybe that those South African teams that they would have been playing seven, eight times a season in, in the old Super Bowl format. Um, COVID obviously hasn't helped with the travel and uh, the time differences. So the South Africans obviously saw uh, an opportunity to get their players. In. It's going to be massively beneficial for South Africa. Look how many of their top players are now going back to their provinces from, from clubs in England and France, etc. Overall, massive positive for Irish and Minnesota rugby because it still showed up a couple of perceived weaknesses that we have as a province against those sides that carry that massive physicality. Um, I thought we were out-coached a little bit in in the semis um, against the Bulls because they didn't do too much different to what La Rochelle did. They attacked us at the Rook. They put some big bodies in. And we just didn't have those big bodies to match them. Um, rugby is still a game, regardless of how much you want to spin it wide. And play free, rugby is still a collision sport that most you don't win collisions, you don't win the game, for, for the most part. Um, the whole tactics now of possession doesn't matter if you... Lots of teams are winning games now with 30-40 percent possession, but they're still winning collisions. And the collisions is not just rough ball; it's your tackling, it's your defensive setup. And they are two very big of South African teams, and I think we can benefit as a country and all four, four, four sorry all four provinces as well can benefit from those uh, South African teams that we can get. Yeah,
0: definitely. I mean, um I mean, just from a Leinster point of view, the one one thing we were looking forward to is, is going up against that physicality throughout the season, because that, that was always our stumbling block when it came to Europe, but it's just the, the way this season kind of panned out. It was, it was different in that we were, we were going into a big Heineken cup quarterfinal when our, when our tour down to South Africa came along. And uh, so we had to send a younger team, but even that was a benefit. And I think the way the season personally, the way the season panned out, obviously we were, would have preferred to have trophies in it, but when, but if you look at the, the season as a whole, I think maybe the, Arguably, the high point was that tour in that, um, you know, we sent a younger team down and even though they did lose both matches, they were in them, they got bonus points, they came back with results and it was a really good opportunity for them to to, to go up against these kind of players and, and a really strong physical teams. Uh, what, what, what have you made of it so far, Rich?
2: I, I was a bit sceptical, but but I'll qualify that. Uh, you know, at the outset, when, the, um, when they announced the South African teams, because that I just didn't know whether, they, whether or not they were going and how much they were going to buy into it. Uh, but when you see teams like the Blue Bulls, Sharks, et cetera, and when you see that box are going like, you know, like, like Marcus just mentioned, box are going back to South Africa. I can see absolutely nothing but positives. Uh, and, and this is one of those sink or swim situations. You know, you, you either swim and you confront the physicality and everything that else that South African rugby brings, or you sink. And you know I have every expectation that that Leinster and the other provinces will will swim uh, as opposed to sink. Um, Whatever your opposition is, challenge challenging, you're going to up your game. So I can see nothing but benefit from from having to play stronger opposition. I mean, what is the point of playing a, a poor Debre side, uh, you know, and putting 50 or 60 points past them with all due respect, to cetera? You know, uh, what what is the benefit to anyone of that? Yes, as, as a supporter, you think, whoa, we scored 60 plus points. But I'd much rather win 10-9 over in Bloemfontein from a really dogged, gritty match, you know, than go to, to Parma and, and score 60 points. Because the first one is going to give you what you need to face the tougher opposition, like the will skeletons of this earth, you know, uh, but the other match will not. And you know the, the other the, the side issue to this, of course, is that this might attract other players to play for the provinces. Those players are not looking to become Irish qualified, those players who are just in it to play rugby at the highest level. Uh, And, you know, we we have this running joke as we all know, the URC is the best league. The URC will be the best league simply because of the quality that's going to be in it. Um, Because, you know, and and, and the only other one was going to be the uh, the top 14 which has all these top French sides. But what will the French sides still be attracting those South African players? The answer, you know, if you're a South African, I can play top-notch rugby, I can play Heineken Cup, I can play Challenge Cup, and I'm still at home in my hometown, I'm going to play for my hometown team. So how good or how bad are are the French teams going to be? Would we have had a Saracens if these South African teams had been playing in a URC years ago, with all the you know the, the, the South African diaspora that, that was playing for Saracens? Quite possibly not. So you know the, 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 there's there's quite a few permutations that 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 attach to uh, to the South African sides playing in the URC. So from being a, a, spec- a skeptic, I'm, I'm an absolute convert.
0: That's the way rugby history has gone, really. I mean, uh, all through the years, you look at France even joining the four nations originally. Um, you, you, it's kind of a paradox that you want the team to join. You want them to be successful, but you don't want to beat your guys you know, it's it's a, you had France joining you had then Italy joining um the, the becoming six nations you had Argentina joining the rugby championship and uh ultimately years now, South Africa this is a different thing because it's a more of a domestic competition but there's talk of them joining the six nations as well and you 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 look at this first season and i suppose the fact that the that the two South African teams got to the final it was for the league as as a whole it wasn't great for us as Leinster fans or for Ulster fans any provincial fans as well who didn't get get as far as they may have liked but the fact that they won it will sort of help their their fan base buy into the competition as well. So it'll, it'll help it going forward, you know, Um, Mark the in terms of the Heineken cup. Now it's, it's going to be different this year. Now they're, they're, they're in the draw. Um, they're part of the competition. Now it's, they've still got that kind of convoluted format, but, um, that means four qualifying matches and stuff, it's kind of a weird kind of setup there, but they're in the mix. Now that that's going to bring on that competition as well. I'd say, yeah.
1: For Ireland and France, I think it will, um, Mm -hmm. Wales, Scotland and England may struggle with with the new format, having the South African teams in there. I think the way Wales are set up at the moment, there's a lot of goings on in the background. There's a lot of infighting, just a lot of their uh, logistical guys and their financial guys leaving there at the moment. I need to sort themselves out first. South African provinces being in the high Cup will make it harder for them to qualify one from the urc and then also getting to get into any sort of latter stages of the uh i, I think the big losers with the South africans joining are actually english clubs and um, you see the financial difference would be something i have at the moment so even if they get last minute reprieves with, with consortiums from the states irish business fans whatever coming in and helping out you know they're going to have to cut some players um i think they the squads in England, yeah, they always moan about Ireland having a blank check-up. If you're looking after Leinster and everybody else, focused. we had five or six years of awful professional rugby, but the Irish got their house in order, you know, and we were, going want to say, lucky enough to have four clubs already. So our, our dilution of talent wasn't that much. Wales are trying to go back to three professional teams and then maybe the feeder league, that might be the way forward. Scotland got it right with two. You know, they tried four for years and they were they were terrible. And um, Scottish teams, I, I hope, would, would would benefit from the South African tours as well. But I think the English teams being diluted a little bit will probably struggle to get... Um, and, and remember, yeah, we struggled against the Blue Bulls and La Rochelle, but we fairly handed Leicester a spanking at their own place in the first half, especially, and they walked away, but they didn't walk away with, with the... Uh, with the premiership, but they were the best team in the premiership. Saracens might come back again next year, see so yeah, how it goes, but they're not that all encompassing uh, wage cap team that they were of three or four years ago. And A lot of those guys are, are sort of getting old at as well. They're all reaching for sort of the end of their season, never mind Sexton being old. You know, Barrels starting now, I think, as well, or, or near enough to it. And, and those sorts of guys are coming towards. They still should be in the their careers, but they won't have that length of time that we'll see hopefully with somebody say like here in Frawley, who hopefully gets more time to attend this year and has another 10 years ahead of him at least hopefully to do it. The French clubs um, will benefit too, I think, they, mainly because they've got more money, they've got more TV money. They have bigger Rugby's a bigger sport in France than it is over in the UK, and that's where the French won't suffer as much as I think the English think. I think the South African franchises in there, some of the perceived forward strength in these teams, they won't like playing the Blue Bulls. They won't like playing the Stormers. They won't like playing the Sharks. The Sharks seem to have a step up on their off-field aspirations as well. And you can see some of the other... Like the Stormers were very close to folding not so long ago. They've really turned their season around, getting to get the stage we... You know, they, they were coming on an Ulster played well against them. I can't see a negative for for Irish rugby, personally. Yeah. But as 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 Rich said, it was the buy-in that was. Going. They never really bought into travelling to New Zealand, fifteen hours across the water or whatever. You know, it's 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 a hard ask. But I think they bought into this this completely. I think I buy into even more when they see the prize money It's a number of different stadiums they get to go to. You know, seeing a Stormers team playing to lose potentially is is worth the Heineken Cup can benefit from it as well, um, and as you said, it maybe be the next step of the stones to them joining the whatever Northern Hemisphere Championship is going to be called when they do join the Seven Nations or Six Nations. Of the but you know, long term, um, South Africa is here to stay. I think.
0: Yeah, and when you look at the fixtures uh, for the for the Heineken Cup coming up, just round one, you're looking Sharks against Hurricanes. Bulls against Leon and Claremont against stormers I mean I just me looking at that I'm looking at the South Africans kind of favorites and maybe all three of those uh, possibly Definitely. yeah and um, that's just that's just for starters you know so um, we'll, we'll see and and then there's also this thing this I'm gonna be banging on about this a bit this year and if the South Africans join the Six Nations it this will go but for this particular season you're gonna have a situation where You've got the pool matches and everyone's trying to get into the, uh, into the last 16, but having done that. What's happened every year in the Heineken cup is that, you know, the coaches have to let their players go and uh, pray and fingers crossed and do whatever they can, that their players survive through the six nations and they can get them for the knockout stages. South Africans won't have that this year. They won't, they, they, they might play their players and there might be Curry cup matches or something, or they might play a few matches during, they might actually have URC matches in that time, but if they've qualified for a last 16 match, in the and they have a big one off uh quarter final, they'll 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 have that little period as well to rest. So,
1: that they- yeah, like prime example of that would be somebody like Evan You know, mm-hmm. again, has however many number of caps, I think he might be over 100 now at this stage where he's in the spring box to get to 100. He's been around forever and he's still only thirty thirty-one. 30, 31. You know, he won't be playing, he won't be playing every Friday night for too long. Anymore they can manage his game time, they can jolly sex in his game time a little bit, especially if we went to a World Cup here. You know, this is a guy that plays a very physical game and do you want him playing 28 games, having his talent diluted? And uh, he's, a, he's a human being. He can't give every single drop that he's got for 28, 30 games a season. Whereas if you say to him, right oh, Evan, let's, let's hold back for this game in the U.S. and develop another, as Richard said, seven foot five second row that they've got in their locker from great college or wherever they're coming from you know if you've an MS about a 31 32 16 17 games a season you can guarantee he's gonna wreck the record teams for those 16. Or 17. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and uh, Rich, what about the uh, Springboks themselves, the, the the national team? I mean, obviously they've had a, they've had amazing success over the past few years, World Cup, Lions tour, and of course, you know, now their players, like you, like we say, they're going back to these clubs, and you've had the Stormers winning the URC. There's been a lot of success, but now in recent weeks, there's been a couple of downsides as well. like we were saying, all these test teams can beat each other. Um, do you think this 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 URC moving Northern Hemisphere is going to be good for the the national team as well?
2: Yes. Um, you know the box have been a bit out of sorts over the last few weeks uh inconsistent um they beat the old blacks handsomely then they got beat themselves by uh by the wallabies uh, yesterday um and 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 they you know they they've they flattered to deceive really um they started off very well they weren't supremely convincing against the welsh either so you know, is it because, and, and you know, this happens to all teams, is is it that because some players are, are a bit older than others uh, and that they're trying to blood new new players in uh, and, you know, form is dipping and, and what have you? You know, had Kwaka Smith not scored those two tries the other day, it would have been an embarrassing scoreline. You know, that, that, and let forget, me forget the, the bit slap by uh, by Faf, um, which was just. It was awful. Anyway, um, you know, so had that not happened, um, it would have been a really embarrassing scoreline for them. And, you know, and, and, and pretty much a fair reflection on the game. So, you know, they are flattering to deceive at the moment. Will the, will the box come up to the Northern Hemisphere and compete in a seven nations, six nations? I think from a rugby calendar perspective, if you're going to try and marry the URC, Properly, otherwise, it advantages the, the South African teams because at the business end of the Northern Hemisphere season, they're going to have all their players. We're not, and, that, and that's what happens. And, the, you know, the, the fatigue factors come in at that business end of the season. Um, you know, if they played in a rugby calendar that had them playing in a Six Nations, then it would become a, you know, an equitable rugby calendar. For you know, for, for the Irish sides, for the Welsh sides, uh, and, and what have you. Otherwise, you're going to have all the northern hemisphere sides potentially losing players through the Six Nations, potentially having fatigue factors kicking in through the Six Nations. Yet, all the South African players, provided they can more or less keep in touch in the URC, then they can rest people up easily. You know, we've done it before. So the, the, they can most certainly do it, and I I think that's disadvantageous to 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 uh, the northern hemisphere teams. Um, and I I don't think I really don't think that that is going to be able to carry on because you know it, it, it's just not fair. And what did northern hemisphere benefit from having the Springboks playing in uh, in in a Six Nations? I I think so. What does that say for southern hemisphere rugby? Is it that? You know, are we edging towards a global rugby calendar where all these teams are going to be playing each other all the time, quite possibly, and marrying the rugby championship with the Six Nations? Is that going to happen? That's another debate. But You know, we could be here for hours. Yeah,
0: no, I mean, when you talk about just what it's t- what it takes for, for what South Africa has been doing, I mean, I know that they, they, the, the Cheetahs and Southern Kings started playing back in 2017, like I said, but... Just the logistics of them switching their calendar. Um, and it hasn't been just their um, provincial calendar. It's been it's been their like the Curry Cup as well has had to change. That Curry Cup goes back into the 19th century, I think. They've been playing that forever. Then their fans are used to rugby at a certain time of year. That's the the time when you go, that's when the rugby's on. The fans, the fringe fans that you want to get into these games, they're used to it being. So it's been a big commitment. And like you say, that kind of shows just how bad it's been in the Southern Hemisphere and how the struggle Super Rugby has had that they've made the move because there's so much involved. And I suppose the question is, is that, you know, maybe they can integrate in time to, uh, to, to, to win the URC maybe at the first go. But there's so many changes involved that, you know, uh, for for us to see kind of long-term effects maybe going into the spring block team it might might take longer again um you know just 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 to get for everyone and uh, i want to talk about the fans a bit now a bit more uh, we we saw how they reacted to that defeat um yesterday uh mark there, there was a lot of talk about the refs and we saw a lot of uh, a lot of disputes on twitter when we talked we talked last week about uh, Irish fans outside of Leinster attitudes towards Leinster. We talked about the Welsh fans as well, in particular. But what, one thing we've noticed since the URC came into being, we've got to know a lot of the South African fans and um, online and how they've reacted to games and stuff. Like how how have you found the the, the kind of the banter and general chat online since over the past year?
1: Bipolar esque <laughs> would be a comment I would, <laughs> I would use for for South African Twitter. There are always some great people and then there's always some people that just react to drop of a hat. I think being Irish, the years ago, the Irish rugby, I can't remember the exact phrase that was used in the 80s, the, the state of Irish rugby is never serious, but never hopeless or something like that. Whereas, because Irish rugby is not the be-all and end-all for Irish people, where it is the be-all and end-all for Kiwis or South Africans, we do see more uh, bipolar reactions to referees to coaches you know it, it's it's a reactionary platform Twitter but I, I do think some set sort up of, mainly because they, they, they haven't experienced the URC for a long time or, or the, the Northern Hemisphere way of doing things you know sarcasm can be lost on a few of them um, and they, they do react forcefully and verbally yeah it's it's it's, it's it's a time for somebody who's a bit of a wind-up person like myself it's it's a good time just to step back and, and just shake your head and just go all right, lads, just keep talking yourself into uh your brain hemorrhage or a stroke there and, and and a way which you know um uh, d i thought they engaged very well i thought there was lots of good engagement with both teams you know when when the irish teams are doing well at the start of the season they're like wait till you get down to south africa and they were right and then when we didn't do so well down in South Africa. Results-wise, we were like, wait till you see us next September or whatever. You know, there's a good bit of bad report. but when it comes to the spring box, those are different animal altogether. There's, there's, there's no gray areas. It's black and white. One week when the win, Razi's the greatest director will be, and the best coach ever. When they lose, it's, it, it's just hell. And it's like New Zealand. Yeah, everybody else catches up. Springboks and New Zealand, because it's their main sport, they had it good for so long with, without other teams catching up. The other teams have caught up, and it's not all about you, lads, you know. And, and we've benefited from some of their players and coaches coming over to this neck of the woods and learning from the Soviet, but the Northern Hemisphere has caught up. And, you know, Wales are actually a very good matchup for South Africa in terms of how South Africa played the game. So yeah, it's not really great for to look at, but. Certainly physical, and, and Wales match up very well against them. I think I think Ireland probably match up better against South Africa than South Africa. South Africa which I think November time could be an interesting um, time on Twitter for engagement with South African fans if they don't win games against themselves. Whether else they playing on, on the tour, you know, Wales will probably stick 40 points on Wales regardless, or New Zealand will probably stick 40 points on Wales regardless because the is do, no matter how bad they're playing, and the Welsh fans are still. Cack in that, but a good physical Welsh performance against New Zealand could be could be an interesting game for us as well. But how their how the South African fans engage, really enjoyed it throughout most of the URC. interesting to see with the Heineken Cups now, but I think they're. They're very much bipolar-esque.
0: Yeah, it's a shame because I mean, like what it's for the last 24 hours, it's been all about the refereeing. I mean, Paul Williams, the the journalist, he got stick because he just happens to have yeah. the same name as the guy who's the referee. And it's like, I mean, I saw the game and there was a couple of decisions that you know you might have you might have wondered about, but um and it's it, it's just I, when when there's this like this focused anger which is stirred up like you talked about rugby pass earlier on it's 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 when, when you've got online entities deliberately seeking out that anger and kind of unleashing yeah. it and sort of you you know looking at looking out for it it just makes it worse and you, you for people like ourselves who we like a bit of banter we like to have a bit of back and forth but we also we like to critique a referee decision now and again you know what I mean and it's like you, you you get the feeling that if if I say anything about this ref, I'm gonna be lumped in with all this crap. You know, yeah, it's as, actually, it's as, terrible.
1: As Richard said, you know, Corga Smith's tries aside, no referee is gonna cause you to lose 27 0 or 27-3 at the time. You know, it look at yourselves, You know, you gotta look inwards as well. The discipline is poor, probably deserve yellow card to play acting as well, but you still struck him in the face, you know, it's a penalty minimum. Um the I've seen 125,000 different opinions on the uh, Corvetti in the corner. And um, I think they're both wrong. I think the Pimpy jump and I don't think there was a proper rap. So who do you penalize? You know, it, it's, it's timing. And this is the beauty of rugby that we're all human. We all make mistakes because there's laws. They're open to interpretation, you know, of the referee and the TMO. And if you're going to employ these guys to do, it, you've got to take what they say, you know, as a coach, I go back to the lads. Even if we disagree with the referee, he or she is right. Talk about it, and I, uh, uh, over here, anyway, I don't know what like a club would be an example of it for a while. But over here, the referees are great at engaging coaches from the Premiership level down to levels five and six, where we're on coaching. They take criticism as long as you can back it up, and that's the beauty of having video evidence as well. So most clubs now have video cameras, have sports analysis on it, and referees are very engaging. I'm sure Paul Williams, the ref, would be as engaging as Paul Williams, the the journalist, but to the people who he should be engaging with, either sets of coaches and his bosses at work would be, you know, but you can't come out and some of the stuff Paul Williams, the journalist, got in his DMs was just hilariously dangerous as well. You know, you're bordering on sort of fanaticism of, you're not being a supporter, you're being a fanatic. I know it's a professional game and, and, and in the grand scheme of things, it's not a World Cup semi-final. It's not going to affect them in the World Cup what happened at the moment where the real, the real emphasis on, on, on referees getting it right is. But it's, um, yeah, we had, we had a pop at the ref after the first test loss to New Zealand. We didn't think he was up to scratch, but it certainly wasn't getting any of the vitriolic responses that you see online very bit from yesterday. I'm half expecting another Razzie, sorry, Johannes, whatever his name's, video to pop up on the internet tomorrow afternoon. Um, so let's see what what develops there. But I think the screen have probably learned their lesson um, from that night's tour, and they're just keeping stung on on some of the things. that the fans have taken to the nth degree, and it's not it's not good for the game. It's not good for the interaction that that we usually have. And I know rugby prides itself on its values or whatever else, but it's certainly getting to almost oh, so full firm hatred on some of the, the posts. That
0: yeah. I mean, like this is what we were talking about last week when it comes to online chat. It's, 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 it's the, we know that these assholes are going to be out there. And another, th- another point we made is it really doesn't matter where they come from. They're, 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 they they wear all jerseys and they come out of the woodwork when, when, when any, when a decision goes against any team um, it's just, it's just a shame to see them. Um, so, being sought after by, you know, there, there's, there's there's people who know better who actually go looking for it. They they put articles with headlines that are written in such a way that they're, they're, they're gonna whip up that kind of anger. And uh, it's just, it's terrible to see. And it, I think just think it's possible. I mean, we all want to have the banter and we all want to have the crack and whatever, but uh, we we just hope that this isn't an element that's gonna be just continue to just flood um, an area of Twitter where, or social media in general, where we just, we enjoy, it, it's it's part of our enjoyment of the matches. You know, we, we see something, we've we've somewhere we can go to share our opinions and and get a bit of chat around around the game. And you've got all this toxic. Uh, toxic stuff kind of rooted for everyone but hopefully we've seen it from the South Africans the last 24 hours maybe it'll be someone else next week you never know um hopefully hopefully this isn't something that's going to be brought forward to in the, you know when, when South Africa gets more rooted in URC and Northern Hemisphere rugby but um anyway listen we're gonna we're gonna leave it there for now anyway that's great let uh thanks a million um if you've been listening and you want to join the conversation please do get in touch you'll find all the relevant links in the program notes so thanks again to Mark and Rich I look forward to having you both on to harp on some
2: actual once to rugby very soon thanks guys Cheers, Thank you.
0: Fellas. Cheers. many thanks again to Mark and Rich for offering their time to keep up with all our content throughout the season be sure to bookmark our page remember it's a new address now www.harpenandrugby.com if you want to join the conversation yourself feel free to leave a comment or voice message the links to all our social media channels are in the program notes We'll be back during the week with a couple of special pods looking ahead to the Sevens World Cup and also looking back at the Irish Tour of Japan before we turn our attention to Leinster's pre-season date with Harlequins. In the meantime, stay safe everyone. Slán.